Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Ripper, The Teller, and The Gremlin. So we're going to jump right into it and start, as we always do, with the movie news and video game news. Uh, I'm going to be starting with four pieces of news today. Uh, And first up, we have a a next-gen pricing rumor, or more in uh, fact, uh, 2K have announced that they will now charge uh, more for next-gen versions of uh, their games. Specifically, they've announced that NBA 2K21 will be priced at uh, $70 or £65. And that's um, just base. That's not yeah. edition. Which is nope, that's the standard, the bog-standard edition for NBA 2K21, a sports game that is released every year, uh, just like FIFA and the likes. Uh, and they claim it's. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say it, but uh, <laughs> maybe. I, I've taken my stance. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they claim it is to reflect the the value being offered by the next gen. Is their quote? Um, and I can kind of see where they're coming at. Uh, a price increase did happen for last gen. I think it was about ten pound last time. Yeah. Uh, between say three sixty and one and uh, PS3 and PS4. And um, it, I kind of understand where they're coming at. Because it's um, more expensive to make games. Yeah, and the teams are getting bigger and the, the development cycles are getting more intense because they're trying to push out these really high-quality AAA games. But it, it does also say, when, when is the limit reached? When, when do you say, okay, that's, that's a lot for a video oh, game? We're going to end up paying £100 per game. Exactly. Um, you pretty much are. If you yeah. get the Ultimate Edition, you're guaranteed you, to be paying. I mean, mm-hmm. you're paying ninety quid for the no. Ultimate Edition now. I mean, I remember back on like the 360, where you'd see like these super expensive editions with like a steelbook and a, a statue, and that would be just just around a hundred pound. And you yeah. think, wow, that's ridiculous. But we're getting to that point where digital editions of games that come with just extra content, <laughs> essentially, in the game, are being priced around hundred pounds. You don't get any of these cool. Uh, physical things that you used to get when and, and back then I thought it was ridiculous to pay that much anyway and mm. now it's actually becoming closer to a norm to for people to be spending 80 90 pound on a on an ultimate edition of a game um yeah. so I think that is the biggest problem is when does it stop because okay say we have this gen for another three four years does it then increase again does it does it then go to 75 pound for a game which just sounds ridiculous to be honest for yeah. for one game especially when you consider the price of the console. So trying to get into the next gen is just going to be so expensive for some people. Um, um, yeah. I mean, we, we've, we spoke about this before, but we, again, Game Pass is only £108 a year. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much almost what you'd be paying for one game next year. And you yeah. can have that for a whole year and get, all of these titles that are going to cost you almost the same price which Which is is insane yeah but do you think that they will start to adjust that price well uh, based on jump it up and stuff exactly based on this do you think they'll say well considering everybody else is increasing their prices we're going to have to increase um our price to make it more like marketable Mm -hmm. um because they i i don't fully know how it works but i'm assuming they have to obviously give money to the developers um in some way whether it be based on how many people play it on the subscription i have no idea but either way will you uh it then end up being more costly for things like game pass 
um, because of this. Exactly. And, and th- this is the, the, the biggest problem currently is, is, like I said, of how expensive next gen will be for, for someone who, who doesn't have that much, um, that, that many funds. Um, other, you know, normal Joe. Yeah. Average Joe, <laughs> isn't it? Average Joe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, I, I agree. It's, I think the biggest point there is not so much that the upping of the price, we, we can appreciate upping a price for a, a next gen console. Um, yeah, definitely. But it's where's the, where's the stop mark, you know, where's the line mm-hmm. that they go, okay, enough's enough. We can't be charging more each time we do a new gen release. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm bad enough as it is. I yeah. almost, almost exclusively just get games and sales. <laughs> like, is that yeah. bad for me? So I'm personally, <laughs> I, I've never been like the, um, ultimate edition or you know the, the the deluxe edition i've never been one of them buyers i, I always no me neither I know what yeah those, but but if we do know one of those yeah good friend um, is like that. <laughs> um, but yeah no so i've never been that person but more recently i've been more tempted with certain releases like just i see like things and i and i i do look at my bank account and go can i justify this but at the same time mm-hmm. some of the the stuff you do get in the, you know, these deluxe editions and stuff are pretty cool. And sometimes I think maybe it would be worth it. I mean, the, the biggest one for me, uh, just really was because it's the first time, you know, I would say honestly over a year that I bought a deluxe, uh, a like deluxe edition of anything. And um, was when right. I pre-ordered Ghost of Tsushima, which, which you knew I was going to say. <laughs> I yeah, say yeah, but I did. Really? Uh, but do you know why I say that, right? It was £10 extra than the base game. And okay. I got like a stack of, like pre-order bonuses uh it's i don't really think i don't know what the game's doing with regards to like um dlc and stuff but but it gives you so it gave me like a bunch of starting um customizable things that obviously you don't get otherwise um it gave me a whole outfit a mask and all that sort of thing and it also gave me like a um a horse that you can't get otherwise and like it just was all like cosmetic stuff really um but it also gave you like extra skill points when you start the game so like it gives you extra just just a bit of a thing so it weren't like major major things and it wasn't anything like cool like you know like bradley says about this you know Mm. the books you used to get and like all stuff like that but at the same time oh it gave me two themes for the playstation 4 as well so you've got like a um, two different samurai themes for the that's quite cool actually yeah something that's what i like something that's not like in the game, something that yeah. you can use outside the and game. To be fair, I have got it, as you can probably imagine, equipped on the PlayStation. Yeah, because <laughs> um, obviously you've got like the the leaves blowing and stuff like that, and it is really cool. But um, but like when you say ten pound extra than the base game, I was that's like, that's right. all. It doesn't yeah. make any sense not to, does it? Really? But then you get EA, yeah. and like they're like, oh, fifty pounds for Star Wars Battlefront, hundred pounds yeah. for the silver mm-hmm. edition, a hundred pounds yeah. for the yeah. ultimate gold edition and it's like yeah what are you even and your life savings for the ultimate ultimate <laughs> oh it's ridiculous yeah. gold gold and silver gonna, silver edition repossess your house and, the, and that's <laughs> like ea you're only going to get worse with this New pricing yeah, increase. yeah you know you could be they could be looking at charging you for a gold edition like 120 quid yeah. like, it's not the that. other problem this also causes is uh things uh like xbox want you to be able to play uh on xbox one and xbox series x so if they're saying the next gen uh, prices will be higher, what if you just buy the the game on Xbox, Xbox One and then play it? Like, how are they gonna? You know, how are they gonna counter that? Because that's in the prices of Xbox One games as well. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, I I, I don't want to be you know rude, but if you are buying an Xbox One game and it, it's coming out on Series X, you're gonna have a much 
like the the experience is going to be nowhere near the same at this point with how old the xbox one is its graphical power is is nowhere near as good as the series x so you're going to be getting an experience that isn't worth that extra however much 10 pound and I, i don't really see it being fair to then say well you've got to pay more just because the new people are paying more yeah so i don't know so that's going to be something they have to work around as well because i'd feel really cheated if i was on xbox one paying 65 pound for a for a new game especially something like nba 2k21 it's definitely uh, something we're going to be keeping an eye on yeah yeah as, definitely as this sort of ramps up yeah and i'm going to keep them all but Speaking of that, is actually another thing in terms of uh, monetization in games. And that is something that's not recent, but something that is coming to the forefront. And that is advertising in games. Um, so yeah, it isn't new. It's been, it's been going on for a long time, but in very minor and subtle ways. Um, but it's becoming uh, a big thing for, uh, for companies to look at. Um, mainly because the youth of today are starting to spend more and more time gaming than watching TV uh, and spending time. Mm. Yeah. Um, so like they're not getting that advertising out there for a lot of the, the youth because of things like gaming and, and Netflix to, uh, not having ads. Um, and sports games are a big target for this uh, because of their nature and because of the affiliations uh, sports games have with sponsors and things outside of the game. Um, sports gamers are stupid and will buy a hundred pounds for FIFA and then spend fifty pounds a week. Can we just talk yeah. about the fact that Chris just said sports gamers are stupid? I'm, I'm standing on the field. <laughs> Stop paying for packets of random cards. Where you're knowing what you're gonna get. Yeah. We have a friend like it, and he talks about you know how he's just spent all of this and he's yeah. just bought more, and we're like. But, and they like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted. I'm like, how much money have you? You could yeah. get a new game. And it's not just mm-hmm. it's not just that though, is it? It's more the fact that as well. Look, we talked about this very briefly last Bad week. And it's, it's the fact that these games change so little each release. Like, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, and, and do you know what it is as well? Have you noticed that anyone who was really obsessed with FIFA, right? For example, the, the worst one of them all. Yeah, sorry, anyone who likes FIFA out there, but seriously, right? Have you noticed every year, every year you complain about how broken the game is and yet the next time round you buy the next one and complain about how broken it is but you're still willing to spend the money on it. Well, the funniest thing what Bradley said earlier was that of all the people, 2K were the people because they make, I can't remember what one they make. NBA, NBA, 2K, yeah. They were saying that they needed an increase because of the quality Uh, of the next gen, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) You want me to believe that your next... NBA is not just going to be a little bit shinier than the last. Do you really want me to believe this is the the funny thing as well? Is I've actually seen uh, this year's uh, FIFA pricing on Xbox One, and it's um, so FIFA's base pricing on Xbox One is now sixty pound or fifty nine ninety nine. Just go in the garden and kick a football around. (laughs) Yeah, it looks a lot prettier. So, so I mean, they've already opted for just increasing that. Just, just, just you know tweaking it a little bit just adding five for the xbox one i don't know what their um series x prices but i know i've seen that the xbox one is charging 59.99 which is just crazy but um yeah so some games have actually been uh, offering the uh, some sports games have been offering these optional in-game ads and uh, they'll give in-game bonuses so it's just enforcing the whole 
uh, pay to win controversy of, okay, well, I'll just sit and watch ads and then I'm going to get better things in the game, which will, you know. Oh, I see. So that's what I, I was a bit unsure what you meant. So what you mean is like, for example, so like, you know, if, if you ever played a game on your phone, like on iPhone. Yeah, exactly. It is exactly like that. Trailer, yeah. You'll get like you get extra rewards. coins or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Did it oh, in wow. the new UFC game, yeah, UFC 3. Wow. Uh, literally, and one of the adverts is John Cena um, riding a cow and it's for Experian credit. <laughs> and there you go. And then you'll just get there you go. better in-game bonuses for watching John Cena. Um, and it, it just doesn't help the, the health of the game, in my opinion, to do it in that way. And, but, and then, like it's optional. Exactly. Because they're doing it in a way that is paid to win even though you're not paying you're you're essentially paying for their their advertisement though you're yeah. you're paying them to be paid by advertiser uh, advertisers to, to yeah because if you don't like chris said you're just going to get shafted yeah. um but yeah so that that's that's why i did this piece of news uh, in tandem with the other is because imagine paying 65 pound for next gen and then getting blasted with adverts and say, like, imagine if they aren't optional. Imagine, imagine, you know, you start up a game of FIFA and you just get hit with a TV advert like, like, and you have to I sit and watch. seen it, Chris. You're more into memes than Bradley. Yeah, but have you seen the memes? Are you winning son at the minute where it's like the little stick man? And he comes yeah, yeah. Really I, I've seen these as well. I imagine yeah. like, are you winning son? No, I'm just watching this ad. <laughs> just got, <laughs> just got to wait for the 10th the ad in a row. <laughs> at the end of this ad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got to wait for this one and a half minute ad. But yeah, so it would just be crazy. But I did um, actually think about this and I did think that uh, with the amount of free-to-play games coming out, um, mm. things like this, because I, I mean, look at mobile gaming. Um, you, you, like you said, Jack, you, you, know, you get this kind of pay-to-win uh, controversy. But there's a lot of uh, mobile apps. I mean, I'm not a mobile gamer myself, but I know there's a lot of apps that run off of a free-to-play model with adverts yeah. uh, being the way they make their money. And I think that could be really good for for console and PC gaming um, to promote more free-to-play models and, and having ads and then like a premium yeah, because yeah. we don't really have that. It's kind of exclusive to mobile to have this idea of a, a premium version of a game without yeah. ads. And I think that could be really useful for a lot of people, especially going into, a, like I said, a next gen that's going to be really expensive. Especially if you had a, a free-to-play game that was moving away from skins and microtransactions mm. and we're like, yeah. hey, we're just doing these adverts everything mm-hmm. else in this world all the skins all the equipment you can just get it by playing the game yeah but yep. occasionally there'll be, be an effort yeah. and to me i'd be like yeah, okay, okay i'll tolerate yeah Whatever. yeah yeah like, I'm not playing it. exactly and, and then that's the point and then you could have this premium version where you you say okay well you pay for the game um and then you won't get ads because yeah. you've paid for, the, for your game. So we don't really need to get any revenue from, from you playing our game, That's which, cool. which makes sense. I like that. Yeah. Because it works for mobile gaming and I don't see why it would be work. such a hard, like hard idea to try for, for console and PC gaming considering how big it is. It's not like it's a small thing where it'd be risky to try yeah. it. It could work. And then if it does fail, you could go to uh, the skins and the, the kind of, I don't know, loot boxes are pretty much banned everywhere now so not not those but you could go to these other uh free-to-play models that work like battle passes and things like that um but yeah speaking of free-to-play uh halo infinite has announced that its multiplayer will be free to play um so it was a rumor at first but microsoft have since confirmed this and they've also said it will ship um with 120 fps on xbox series x which is insane 
yeah i just think this whole announcement has been huge for for xbox as a as a company and as a console in the war (laughs) well it is though because i mean you think about anyone who gets a series x will be able to enjoy one of their staple um uh releases uh on the series x for free so they pay that full price for a console and then they don't have to worry about their first game they just have halo multiplayer for free um so that's 65 pounds saved essentially from what we said earlier which is amazing yeah i mean obviously if they're in for the campaign and they want to get that then they're going to need to buy it but if they're not there's somebody who just wants multiplayer fun they don't get a lot of time they just love the multiplayer they've never really been interested in the story there's loads of reasons save 65 pound there you've paid for your console and you've just got uh, an exclusive for for free essentially it sort of makes me wonder would they have to reevaluate the price because you're going to be paying 70 quid for basically just the campaign. Just the campaign, yeah. Instead of and I think included. that is a slightly awkward angle for a lot of people. Well, it, it could be a case of, of, again, of how they do their free-to-play model. So there's probably going to be some sort of battle pass or skins or th- there's going to be something. There's no way that they would release that completely free. You get everything you could possibly get. They make no money whatsoever from the multiplayer it wouldn't make sense like you said and i don't think they they would then target the single player i think they're gonna do that sort of free-to-play model with a battle pass or skins and maybe if you buy the single player you'll get um more rewards in the multiplayer maybe so you'll get free battle passes for for however long um or maybe just like load of free exclusive skins something like that yeah, I, I don't mean, think they'll specifically say we need to increase the price to make up for it. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. And, and there's, you know, if you play all the Halo games, there's hundreds of different Spartan armor sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, the Halo 5 was just people begging for different armor sets. Like, <laughs> years. Um, so with that and skins, you've got pretty much... And, and to be honest, as much as I don't really buy that sort of stuff, if I was playing it and they were like, Generation 1 Mark Four Spartan armor... I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm chucking you 10 quid. <laughs> I'm getting that on. <laughs> exactly, which is such a, a better model than saying buy it and then you'll get it um, because there's so many more people that just want to play. They can't afford the game. They just want to play, which is why I think this is going to be so good for the game health because mm-hmm. you're going to have more players and especially with the the like PC community if they do uh, cross-play and cross-platform. If they don't, you're still going to have a big community. We just won't be able to interact with yeah. each other. And, and um, that's, that's the one thing that worries me slightly with this news is this, that Halo community is quite, as you might have experienced, they're quite an emotional bunch. <laughs> and yeah. um, I, the only thing I'd worry about is that this would create a huge influx of new players, right? They're going mm-hmm. for that sort of fortnight, yeah, grab the, as many people, people as, as possible. Yeah, yeah. But they need to be careful not to alienate their the core fans. audience. Yeah, the core yeah. audience. Because, um, you know, they Definitely. can survive without that audience. Yeah. But in the ideal world, you want them to coexist, right? Of course right? you do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they have to be a bit careful there. Yeah. yeah. You, Bradley, you were saying, um, and I think this kind of ties into your last bit of news, actually, but I, I think you were saying a minute ago, so obviously you said that multiplayer is going to run at 120 fps right is that what you yeah finally finally so, something people on pc have so, been begging so, for so i'm guessing multiplayer is going to be you know obviously i don't know how multiplayer is going to work i don't know who you're going to play as or whatever but yeah 
you know this with your next topic i'm not going to ruin it and the suspense but <laughs> it's okay <laughs> do you think you'll be able to play as them in 120 fps or do you think that you'll get crazy? I, I have no if idea but invasion, I... <laughs> which is spartans versus yeah, yeah. But... i loved invasion so so before obviously everyone's probably wondering what we're talking about so i'd love mm-hmm. to tell the story obviously and then you can understand yeah right so after microsoft's uh, press conference uh, where they uh, revealed Halo uh, Infinite gameplay for the first time. Uh, they did receive some backlash for its, gra- <laughs> for its graphical fidelity. They, Just a people, little bit. people were saying that it looked like garbage and the the, the textures were low res. And to be fair, I, I mean, I don't think it was that bad, but they did respond with it is alpha footage. It isn't a completed thing. I, and, I was not the biggest fan of the No, way. yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't exactly, wow, this is the super-powered next-gen like, that everybody was <laughs> expecting. Promised, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, I kind of just accepted it. I didn't really expect a lot. Um, and since, like, I feel like everybody has, uh, has accepted the, the graphical fidelity as it is uh, for one reason, and that is a low-res brute, uh, which has since been... Uh, given the the beautiful name of Craig the Brute, and he has just been such a hit within the meme community, and he, I mean, I I recommend if you haven't heard of Craig the Brute, just just Google Craig the Brute and you'll be hit, just bombarded with different memes and th- there's literally a meme for everything that involving Craig at this point. We, I went through about a hundred different memes and it it just doesn't end. Before the podcast today, uh, me and Chris actually sat and watched a um, completion. Three, yeah, three-minute video just of literally every single like Craig. I mean, it can't be every single because there's gonna be millions, but no, of all yeah. the Craig the brute, uh, brute memes they could find, and we just sat and watched it. And some of them are absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's just such a. But this is the best part: is it's been so, so. They were hit with this backlash of of poor graphical fidelity for next gen, and then somehow. This this beautiful positive thing has come from it of Craig the Brute just being such a stupid hit with the community I mean, and exactly just everyone that has has seen and like had a, had something to say about this has has just rallied behind Craig and it's been really cool to see how Microsoft have embraced it because when they were hit with the backlash they said it's just it's an alpha uh, footage don't worry it's going to get better and they didn't fight back they didn't say well you don't know like how hard it is to yeah. oh you, you don't understand so you just yeah don't... so they didn't bite back they just they said accept it the way it is for now please and it will get better but then not only did they do that when craig was you know w- was getting big someone asked uh xbox head honcho phil spencer what his opinion of craig was expecting him to to kind of bite back and be like, well, it's just an open and kind of like go with that route. Phil did not do this though. He said that he wants him and he will be a new official Xbox mascot. Which is amazing. <laughs> which, which I think, yeah, is it's amazing and hilarious. But it's just so cool to see Xbox just embracing Embraced it. Yeah. No, that's the, that's their the failures best. essentially. But that's the best yeah. thing for me. It's yeah, it crazy. literally is. And it's not crazy. No, what Craig represents. It is. And do you know what Chris was saying a minute ago and before the podcast, which was um, we were laughing about the video and we were both saying it's kind of cool, isn't it? Though, like the internet is such a mad place, right? And this mm-hmm. is within like a week of of the showcase, you know. And yeah. We've got we've got all these hundreds of memes, right? And he was saying, isn't it cool though that 
both you know fans of halo not fans of halo everybody people who hated the gameplay people who love the gameplay have all just come together and just mm-hmm. crowned this because you take, you take one look at craig and you just know <laughs> <laughs> he's become an icon though, hasn't he? Like a symbol. It literally has. Was I saw a forum talking about improving the graphics, but mm-hmm. it said, we want the graphics improved, but we want one brute to stay <laughs> looking like Craig yeah. in the whole uh, game. And I was like, that's brilliant. They, yeah. But this is what I mean, and they have to keep this. They have to, they have to reference it in the game. They have to, you know, have some sort of multiplayer icon or something because they've always done that type of thing. They, they need to have a Craig reference. I'm hoping there isn't. Or reference They make him a lieutenant. Yeah, a, yeah. I, I would love that. I would love him to be like a brute turned good. Or like or, oh, or, yeah. on the chief's like, journey. Or a and he, skin <laughs> I was going to say, or even the multiplayer skin, or even like a yeah, like, exactly a weapon weapon charm or something. That's literally it. They charge the sixty-five pound for the single player because in the multiplayer you get to use Craig the Brute, yeah. <laughs> and everybody would pay it. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like a whole squad of Craig the Brutes running around, <laughs> or like he's like a hero that you only get if you get like, yeah. playing well enough. You get crap. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. As I, I um I like I say I hadn't seen any of the memes actually until literally today. Uh, yeah, Chris forced me, but I'm so glad I now understand. I was gonna say yeah, it's just oh, one of those things you can't help but smile oh, when you see his face. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think was that pretty much your your news wrapped up? Yep, there, there's my news, my four okay. news of the day. So, so I've got some, some interesting pieces I'd like to share. Uh, and the first bit of news that really caught my attention was Netflix has announced a Witcher prequel series. Uh, it's titled Blood Moon. Uh, no, Blood Origins. Mm. Blood Moon? Blood Origins. Blood Moon. It's a vampire <laughs> it film. Could it could moon. be Blood Moon. Blood, that also Blood sounds Origins. like a title. But... Uh, have, you, have you guys seen this? Heard anything about this? I, I, I have heard. I, I, <laughs> when I say I've heard, I mean I literally saw the what you just read out. Witcher prequel has been in that. <laughs> And I was like, and I went, I'm sure Chris will find out about this one. <laughs> yeah, so really cool um, for me, uh, and I'm sure probably Bradley, because we're both. Yes. Yeah. This is a series. The Witcher was a series I have watched that I absolutely loved. Yes. So, so basically, it's, it's a prequel series. It's set 1,200 years before the Henry Cavill Witcher series. Right. Uh, and they basically said that this is going to be, because there's a thing that happens in this series where the world of the elves, the world mm. of men, yeah. and the world of the monsters, yeah. basically um, there's a something, um, they call it the conjunction of the spheres. Right. Basically they all merge into this one planet. And they've said that this series is going to delve into the history and the, the planet the elves come from and the elven sort of okay. way of life. And also it's going to serve as the origin story for the first ever Witcher. Oh, that's cool. Who goes on to make the Witcher to make Yeah, to make the Witcher mm. stuff. So that's to really me, cool. that sounds like such a great premise. Yeah, I like that. Oh, that, definitely. I mean, I'm still just sitting here waiting for season two of the Witcher. Uh, yeah, and him, yeah. <laughs> it, on that note, he's said they, they've started filming on season yes, two. Yes, yeah. I um, oh, tweeted it out. Um, that's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, what are your sort of thoughts on this sort of prequel series? I think that could be awesome. Um, obviously. So, yeah. d- quick question. Do we know... Uh, so is it the same people who so, have directed and produced The Witcher? It's a different they... showrunner, Ooh. but the showrunner who Ooh. did Henry Cavill's Witcher is executive yeah. producer on this series. Oh, okay. Oh, that's all right then. I, that's what I mean, because I just, 
I really want to capture that same style so it feels yeah. I believe completely her name is Lauren Hitch- Hitchcock. It's something like right. that. Um, and she, I really like her. I think she's been a great showrunner for the Witcher series. Mm-hmm, she very clearly knows the material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, I think it's exciting. They're letting someone else do it, but it seems that they've put her in to sort of guide, keep a sort of helping hand. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, it's good because obviously we're Henry Cavill said we're going to get like eight seasons of The Witcher, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I love that. I hope they all release in one go. But also, you know, <laughs> he's a busy man. Yeah, he's going to be doing Hollywood movies and yeah. stuff. So if there's a year where we don't get one, and we, and we have get the prequel series instead. Yeah. That's it's a good. It's a good replacement. Yeah, it is so cool. And it's a chance for new actors to step into because I love Henry Cavill as as Geralt, mm. but it's mm-hmm. fun to have a Witcher we know nothing we know about. Nothing about. And oh, have definitely. A person create this new character, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. I, yeah, I'm definitely excited about it, and I'll definitely watch it. And 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 I think we all are in agreement that the Witcher series was incredible and so much fun. And I, yeah, I, I'm interested to see. I hope my one my one hope is that. If we're learning about a whole new Witcher, they take a completely different personality than they do with Geralt. Yeah, like mm. I don't want him to be like a you know a, a different, a slight a cut yeah. and copy. Of well, yeah, like, it is going to be difficult though because of the way Witchers are exactly. Yes. I know. Yeah, but I mean, but, but it can be done. It's it's going to be a lot on the actor. Yeah, but I mean, you think about the other Witchers in Witcher Three. They're yeah. different to Geralt. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, oh, they are, but they obviously they still follow they that, that trope of just like yeah, yeah, of lone wanderer who sort of. But maybe because this guy is is rumored to is set a... up the Witcher schools, maybe so maybe different. he's a bit more sort of um... emotive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe he because is emotional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe or he's just an cold-hearted. <laughs> mm. um, but if but if he ever becomes an old man, uh, I'd like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, no, because I want Mark Hamill to play Vizimir. Vizimir, oh, yeah. is it Vizimir? The, the old Witcher mentor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Vizimir. So I, actually, I, I was trying to say I wanted mm-hmm. the prequel series, and then my mind went back around. Back and I was it, like, yeah. no, I want Hamill yeah. to play uh, Vizimir. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's all I've got to say on that. You guys got any, any thoughts on that? The, the, one, the only one thing I would say is that, you know, uh, we're all super excited about The Witcher. Um, I think whether or not you've even ever played the Witcher franchise or, or not, I think, you should all, I think you should all go and check out the series. Cause yeah, definitely. It's not like you need any prior knowledge. I mean, it, if, it you want, if you want motivation, Bradley has watched it and that's the only thing he's watched. Mm-hmm. So you might but I am well. a big fan of the game. Yeah, so. and I, I mean, there's something to enjoy in every aspect. The games are amazing. Mm. I love all, all three of them. Yeah. I love the TV series and I really enjoyed the, the I've only read one of the books, but what I read, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with that and obviously <laughs> stay tuned for more on that one. Mm-hmm. So um, next bit of news I've got is something that generally made me really depressed, which the guys probably knew because I put a sad face. And you're about to tell us. <laughs> next, next to it. Uh, and it's basically, um, there's a, a guy called Mike Laidlaw Mm-hmm. And he is one of the original creative directors from the Dragon Age franchise. All right. Mm-hmm. And as we've spoken on this podcast before, I'm a huge Bioware fanboy. Yeah. So <laughs> I love the Dragon Age series. Yeah. And he left Bioware um, a year or two years ago, and he went to go work for Ubisoft. Um, and he was pegged to make a RPG action adventure um, King Arthur game. 
which just okay. just that yeah. just that yeah, title cool. yeah. has made me go <gasps> like yeah, that is cool awesome um but we've just been it's been revealed that that has been cancelled right which is very sad which is sad yeah as soon as we get a cool little thing it's instantly taken from us isn't it weird though that all you had to say was that it was a King Arthur themed thing and all of a sudden we were all interested straight away action adventure RPG King Arthur and then then you instantly let us down it's like a (laughs) mixture yeah why so this is really interesting because this actually comes with all the scandals that have shocked Ubisoft recently right so there's a Ubisoft called Sergei Haskoti. Haskot is French. I've got no, his first name is Sergei. Yeah. We'll just leave we'll it with Sergei. And basically, I was reading an article all about him, and he is who we have to either thank or blame, depending on your preference, for modern Ubisoft. Right. And his whole uh, MO is open world, microtransactions, mm-hmm. and uh, uniformity from their games. So if you look right. at modern Ubisoft, from Ghost Recon, The Division, yeah. uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise, yeah. they Far Cry, they all tick those boxes. Yeah. They're open world. Yeah. They are have microtransactions in them. They all fit this idea of what he wanted. And apparently, right. this guy was green lighting and saying no to everything. And if one of those boxes wasn't ticked, he would cancel stuff. Right. So no matter what your sort of opinion is on if you like where Assassin's Creed is yeah, or whatever. Mm. And it's rumoured that he's the reason we haven't had a Splinter Cell. Because, because Splinter Cell's linear. Boxes, yeah. mm. <laughs> All of a sudden, I don't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they yeah, like, can't turn Splinter Cell into what his, his vision, vision is. of a Ubisoft branded game should be. But to me, I think that it was fun at first, mm. what they did to the first Assassin's Creed really enjoyed, mm. but they've lost something special about their brand yeah. by trying to have this uniformity in each game. Yeah. I don't know if you guys agree I, with I, that. You know I agree, Chris. I think Bradley's a little bit more... On not, the not so, not I'm so. a bit more lenient. Is, yeah. uh, I'm still enjoying yeah. some like, things. Like but, but we don't know what we're missing out on from this. Like yeah. Just because I'm enjoying this doesn't mean I'm... I'm not regretful for missing out. Yeah, like I, just, I think Ubisoft used to make so much different stuff. Yeah, all yeah I, I do agree with that it. completely. And I think maybe they, hopefully with him leaving, it will go out. back to, and we won't get into it too much, but there's all these sexual allegations against him and all sorts yeah. of nightmare yeah. of him being Typical. Mis- mis- misogynistic right. pig executive who obviously just was like, how can I get my microtransactions in there? I don't know why it's Luigi. <laughs> I was going to say, he's that was not French. He's um, another French. I apologise to the French for that because that was terrible. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I think Bradley was more on the fence until you said that he could be the reason we don't have a splinter cell. And all yeah, sudden, I mean, like, I mean mm, yeah. we might get something announced, but apparently he was the reason why that, that franchise had been... It didn't tick his boxes. It's no. not an open world. It's, not got it's hard to, to push micro... Yeah, you you could. I think you could do an open world no. splinter cell. But uh, if they didn't, if they didn't advertise it that way, then I guess it's always been a linear like, franchise, no. isn't it? I think it works really yeah. well with story missions and environments yeah. you go through, through right? as you as you move. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the last thing I want to say on this is I don't know if you guys read this in my outline. Go for it. But the, one of the reasons this got cancelled is this um, Sergey guy. He um, apparently was not a big fan of the King Arthur setting. Despite saying, you know, after apparently what Mike Laidlaw had 
had, had, had uh, come up with, he wasn't a big fan of. Because do you want to know his exact words for what he wanted from this setting? Go for it. Are you ready for this, Bradley? Mm-hmm. Yep. He said it has to be better than Tolkien, which is the King Lord Arthur. creator, Middle Earth creator. He wanted a better story <laughs> than Tolkien. <laughs> You, you said this guy's gone, right? Um, yeah, yeah, because he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Mind blowing. I mean, Mike what does he expect? <laughs> I mean, Mike Laidlaw is a talented guy, and I love Dragon Age. But yeah, obviously, but I mean, but, but you're working with you're also working with the material that already exists. Yeah, like King Arthur, King Arthur exists. Yeah. You can't reinvent the the wheel with King Arthur. It's King Arthur. There's going to be a, a sword, probably. There's going to be you know, a, a kingdom. <laughs> There's going to be a round table. Like you can't do an infinite amount with it. You can't just like no. create a whole new world, King. Unless you you do, and you literally just use the name essentially. Yeah. But that is asking way too much. That's ridiculous. It, it's, honestly, when I read that, I was just like, no wonder Mike. <laughs> Like it got cancelled and Mike left because, oh my, how, how I just can't fathom how you. It's live the fact up. that he wants to go up against a giant like that mm. with with a huge fandom, and he's like, right, just do it, yes. <laughs> like as if it's that easy. It's also the case with most fantasy games like Dragon Age is you have to have a couple of games to build up that universe. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, definitely to have a universe. As rich as Tolkien's from one game. That's asking even more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, this sort of feeds into my last bit of news for this week, um, mm. which is actually actually Mike Laidlaw. We got some Dragon Age Four news. Okay. And Mike Laidlaw actually is back at Bioware now. Right. After he was a bit disgruntled, he said he didn't like the direction the company was going. Okay. Which kind of looks like a hint at Anthem and yeah, the yeah. failure of Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's back at them now. He went to Ubisoft, obviously dealt with Sergey, <laughs> and was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> went back. So to me, this is either you know he's he's gone back where he's safe, or maybe they've said to him because of the failures of Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda, we're trying to go a bit back, bit more, bit 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 bit, <laughs> bit, bit, bit. <laughs> more bit, bit. to our roots. Yeah, and a, right. You know, and um, I think him being back on board on Dragon Age Four is massively positive. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't have too much to say about um, Dragon Age only because I've, you know, I mean, I think they're cool and everything, um, and I'll forever remember the trailer. Um, uh, with Which this, one? Uh, this is War by Thirty Six Mars. Was <laughs> the, in the, trailer. the cinematic and, trailers yeah, for Dragon Age One was and Dra- Dragon Age Two. Yeah, I can't. Are amazing. I can't remember which one it was. I think it might have been. Origins, maybe. Yeah, or- yeah, Origins has two cinematic trailers. Warden's it's the, Call it's on the one, and one where they're up a mountain. Mountain, it's snow. And it's awesome. Yeah, that's the with uh, 30 Seconds to Mars. That, um, but other than that, I've never really played the game, so I can't say much about it. But, I mean, if you think it sounds cool, you're going to know. So I, I think for me, <laughs> they are... Um, they're very old-school RPGs. They're yeah. very yeah. much in, the, in a 14 four dungeon crawl. Um, but mm-hmm. they had that old-school spirit. But they also had this... Bioware, Mass Effecty sort of squad mate sort of uh, interacting with, and even in a way that in Dragon Age your squad mates were even more integral to the story right. than even your squad mates were in Mass Effect. Okay, and that's right. why people loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways. Bradley, did you ever play Dragon Age? Yeah, I played two in Inquisition. I loved them both. Oh, you never played Origins, Bradley. I never played Origins. No, <laughs> I, I, I went. 
This is I the just... one that everyone <laughs> says is the best. Uh, you'd probably be a bit dated now for you to try and play. Probably. I mean, I heard that the the combat wasn't wasn't ever very good when oh. I like had two. I'd heard like the combat was kind of meh. Yeah. And I was like, no, because that was one of the things that drew me in. I I remember the beginning of two. You you start out um like really op with whatever class yeah. you pick. And I love that. That's what brought me in because I played the demo and then I, I literally just waited till my birthday because I didn't have any money because I was too young. And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I want to start this now. And then I just like started it and I absolutely loved it and then got Inquisition when it came out. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's really cool with Dragon Age as well is there's actually a website um, that you can send your save files to. And basically like Mass Yeah, I, I, I did that. Yeah, and, and it's awesome if you started with Origins though. Because it's literally- yeah, well, that's the thing is because like I was trying to do my uh, Dragon Age two save into Inquisition. Yeah, <laughs> they're asking me about Origins, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, definitely did that. <laughs> so much more happens in Origins than it does in two. There's yeah, two definitely. From what I saw that from there. Mm-hmm. But, but um, before I talk about Dragon Age for Eternity, <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I want to mention about is news, which is this isn't new news, but they've said that. Dragon Age 4 is going to be a live service game. Right. Which is slightly terrifying for me. Which is... A live service game is a game that gets updated regularly. Oh, throughout. A lot of the time, right. there's some sort of monetary... Like, a live service game is Destiny 2. Oh, where okay. they expansion packs Constantly. every certain amount of yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you pay yeah. for this expansion pack. Each time, yeah. Each time. Hmm. Uh, sometimes live service games are free. Battlefront 2 is a good example of a, of a live service game that gave you free updates. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily... It could be okay, but it's also, okay. also a terrifying thought. <laughs> yeah. um, and for, for an RPG, and that's the same thing they said about Anthem, and then that was completely and utterly a bad... It is a weird thing for this kind of game. Yeah, and uh, the, thing, the worrying thing is they said it with Anthem, and then because of the way Anthem sales went and the player base like plummeting... Mm-hmm. Uh, they pretty much abandoned Anthem. Yeah, which um, is a shame. Well, the, the, this sort of there's a bit more with this news that actually says that uh, Dragon Age Four might take a little bit longer than the original release dates and stuff. Okay. Because right. I don't know if you know this, but at the minute, half of the people at Bioware, well, maybe there's a huge amount of people at Bioware who are trying to remake certain aspects of Anthem. Oh, okay. They want to do an update to Anthem that reinvigorates it, like an Anthem 2.0. Okay. They want to fix a load of the base problems and they want this to be... The game it should have been. The game it should have been. That's cool. Um, which is exciting. But they've said because of this, we're taking our time with Dragon Age yeah. and it will be ready when it's ready. When it's ready, yeah. yeah. I think which is good, like we've discussed before. We've always, we've always discussed As much as I mm-hmm. want it now. Yeah. But it also gives me a chance to replay through Origins 2 and Inquisition. <laughs> And be super excited for four, right? Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, yeah, like we've always said, uh, you know, that delays are ne- never a bad thing unless they're cyberpunk. Um, <laughs> we're under <laughs> running thing, isn't it? It always is, though. Um, oh, but, yeah. The worst one for me was Mountain Blade. Okay. That got delayed like seven years or something. <laughs> Every year. Like, it's coming out soon. It's come out, but it's in early action. <laughs> so it's not even finished. 
Um, was that all of your news? Yes, yeah, that's me done, guys. Yeah. All right, so um, I have one bit of television news and two bits of gaming news. So I'll start off with the television, just to get it out of the way. Um, now, I don't actually know. I've never spoken to either of you about this, which is why I'm quite interested. Um, so TV series, Chernobyl, right? Um, so the uh, 2020 British Academic Television Awards uh, was on July 31st. Um, the this has actually been awarded the uh, that has received the most awards uh, for a British TV series in a single year. Mm. Did either of you see it? Uh, it no. Amazing. It, One of the best TV shows of this year. Right, hands down. So you've seen. I it. heard good Bradley, things about Bradley, it. You never saw it, no. No. Nope. I don't know why I'm asking you. Was <laughs> I saw it too. I I literally. I did not expect much from it. Neither did I. I thought that because a lot of the time I think critics overhype stuff. They do, yeah. And make a lot of smoke out of nothing a lot of the time, in my opinion. Yeah. But I wholeheartedly agree with the critics. This is a amazing gut wrenching series. Did you did you not feel like did you go into it in the same mind I went into it, which was that you kind of was like being a drama and stuff like that. You kind of. You, you know kind of the premise of the program, obviously. And you, I kind of went into it thinking, how could it be this? Because I didn't watch it when it first... Very, I watched it not long after release, but I think um, my someone in my family had watched it all before I did and said to me, Jack, you need to watch this. And I, I sat down, put the first episode on, and I was like, oh, how could this be this interesting? Like, mm. And... I just I was so hooked and yeah. it was it was shot amazing so it intense. was and it didn't it just make like you come away from it and you go wow like that happened, that happened. as well that, was really, that really happened and that how was, did that happen? yeah <laughs> how yeah and Bradley I I know we say yeah. this to you every week but honestly if it's you should watch just add it. it to this yeah it is worth watching I've is. actually watched some of the things that you've you've recommended I'm pretty sure it's a limited series as well, Bradley. I think it's like eight episodes. There was only eight episodes or something yeah. like that, yeah. But it was, was okay then. Wasn't it just incredible? Oh, like, Bradley, honestly, you, you sort of like historical sort of events, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. For, for someone who, who likes history and like and it is so jaw-droppingly... Terrifying. Terrifying and astonishing, like Jack said, because it's so intense and insane and then it hits you when you finish an episode... That it's real yeah right but it, is all of it real then or is yeah, is it exaggerated yeah. at all? pretty much um they, they got in a lot of trouble because it pretty much paints um the espionage that went on and it does throw the soviet union under the bus mm. so right <laughs> i can imagine yeah um, but it tries to it's not like oh this side's bad this side's good. It yeah. just tries to show, show you the, 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 the full story, right? Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. And honestly, even the politics in it is shocking. But but I would honestly say that from the literal the very first episode, you just because it kind of the start the start is um the start of the program. I don't know if you remember Chris. The very first episode, without any spoilers is in the future a little bit ahead mm. of time and then yeah. it goes backwards doesn't it yeah and then the start i think the first episode is actually when the reactor went into meltdown, went meltdown yeah and you just sit there like it's actually giving me shivers even talking about it because you sit there and you just think this really happened to these people mm. like they were working imagine the fear and, and, and the tension throughout yeah. yeah i don't know how they did it it was a suspense, however they shot yeah. it however they put it together there's this Sense of dread and I, I, won't, I won't say anything else, but you like about what actually happened. Do you remember the bit with the helicopters where they tried to get the walls? That yeah. that was incredible, wasn't it? You just mm -hmm. sit there like, oh my god, this is like. <laughs> without any spoilers, there's, there's there's a scene. I won't say what happens, but when they're on a roof doing something. Yeah, I remember. In yeah. and oh my, that entire time, 
I was like on the edge of my seat. You're like, <laughs> oh. And even though you know this has all happened, it's like it is. It is fantastic and, and well deserving of the awards. You know, mm. it, it's got. A, Couldn't agree more. No, I agree. Um, Are you going to watch it, Bradley? Uh, potentially. Where can I watch it? So I think it was Sky, wasn't it? It was on Sky. Uh, I don't um, know what channel it was. I on think that. it was on HBO. Yeah. I think Sky. Okay. Sky One and HBO. Yeah. Um, so you Probably check on you, catch up. Yeah, Checks. you've got Sky TV, Bradley. Yeah, yeah, so should be able to watch them. Uh, box sets, it box sets. Says, something might be on it there. It should be on box sets. We'll catch up. But yeah, it's definitely worth a go. Um, moving on to gaming news. Uh, of course, Ghost of Tsushima is in here, right? Okay. Of course you're going to talk about it. Of course it. I was going to talk about it. <laughs> I left that one for you. There's a review coming at some point. Anyway, um, so Ghost of Tsushima sold 2.4 million copies in three days and is the most successful Fastest selling new IP from the Sony this generation. What do we think about that? Oh, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> did you, did you give me take my time to make sure I didn't say something wrong? Um, yeah, no, but come on. That is impressive, right? That's impressive. We, um, we've now found the Slapper Samurai on a game and people will buy it. Slapper oh, Samurai I on a game. All Sony's releases, God of War, yeah. Last of Us 2. This is what I mean. This is why it's so surprising that so, it's so, out, yeah. done all of them. It has. I mean, it's so well, we, it didn't it do good award, it didn't did it? Out, I don't think it outdid either of those because the award they've given it is best-selling new yeah. IP. Yeah. So, right. And things like God of War wouldn't count because it's technically it's an old IP redone. But this is where they like try to say, yeah. oh, it sold really well. What, what award can we give it? Yeah. Well, it didn't do as well as these two, <laughs> but it's a new IP. So, so it, it outdid uh, a love of mine, though, Bloodborne. Like, oh, really? Did it? Did it? Well, clearly, because oh, Bloodborne yeah. was this generation. I don't know. So by that statistic, it, yeah. it outdid Bloodborne, which I'm kind of upset. I just want to tell everyone quickly. So, I mean, the first thing I'll say about it is, yes, this game Oh, is and it beat um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Zero, yeah. Which is insane. So That's just come to PC, I think. So just a quick few things I'll say about it. Um, obviously, the game is incredible. I'm still loving every second of it. Um, I still have barely done much of it because it's just so, so attractive and everything about it is like incredible. But it's a great way to send off this generation of console, mm. do you not think? Like a great big game release that's yeah, just, just I mean, making a mark. Basically, you could just have that meme of the African doing the coffin dance yeah, and have PS4 being the four Africans <laughs> yeah. and Xbox being the coffin. Yeah, Because this generation has been a massacre. Yeah, It's yeah. been a landslide yeah. for, for releases. And mm-hmm. one, one other thing I'll say, obviously we've got this, this incredible like um, amount of sales being made. So obviously 2.4 million in three days, right? I saw another one, another statistic about the same game, right? About Ghost of Tsushima. So you can pet foxes in the game, okay? And <laughs> you find them and they lead you to shrines and you honour them and they give you um, skill points and stuff, yeah? And you, after you've honoured the shrine, you can turn around and pet the fox. 10 million foxes have been pet since the release of the game. <laughs> 10 million <laughs> and i can proudly say i am definitely one of the yeah, i'm in that statistic yeah because every time <laughs> i do a shrine and there was one time where the game like it didn't glitch but like it was on a real cliff face and the fox i didn't know where the fox went afterwards because usually it sits behind you and waits to see if you pet it but it, it wasn't there when i turned around you have no idea how devastated i was i ran around <laughs> looking for it i'm like climbing scaling this mountain like i will give you guys yeah, yeah, you will be you will be thanked for your um <laughs> But yeah, no, that that is incredible, and and yeah, the game is just is is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And like you said, just what a perfect send off for this generation. Yeah. For for PlayStation. Yeah. Um, 
the next one and the last piece of news for me is um, horror based, mm. which we know. We yeah, I was gonna say, someone give me like dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you remember a good few years. I mean, I'm probably can't even tell you how many. Years I know ago, what you're about. the Silent Hills PT. Mm. Yeah, right. Which was um, for me when I re- when I first saw someone watch that play that. It was the most it's shockingly scary, intense thing I'd ever witnessed. I, That's I, the weird thing with Norman Reedus and the baby, isn't it? The yeah, horror thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just. Like, well, no, no, not the baby. That, that was just Norman Reedus. No, 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 no that's Death Stranding. Baby, no, no, there the, was the, a baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yes, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, baby Chris is right. Game. Yeah, Chris is right. So the, basically, the the, the, the yeah, you just go through the hallways. Yeah, and it just goes. Chima loves Norman Reedus babies. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say not not that Norman Reedus baby, not Death Stranding. No, not the. I was just making it clear for the listeners. No, so basically, yeah, there was um, it was a looping corridor. And you, it was like um, you had to. A lot of people just played it on a loop for ages and ages and ages. It was, and eventually, demo, wasn't it, it was yeah, but it eventually just ended if you just weren't doing the right thing. But if you you can interact with every small thing in the in that setting, and it's mm. it's like hyper. It looks hyper realistic. I mean, for the, when it was released, especially. Oh yeah, definitely. It was but insane. You can trigger the next section of that that walkthrough where you're on this loop if you mm. do the right things yeah. but people were like playing it over and over and over again oh, it was incredible. Watching, yeah and what people were doing walkthroughs on how to get to the next bit and how to finish it and stuff like that and it was generally terrifying simple. terrifying like and i mean like, i just remember thinking when's this game coming but it never did cancelled and it was cancelled yeah now um not too long ago, uh, Kojima was asked by a fan at Comic-Con uh, what he was working on, and he responded with a horror game. Mm-hmm. So straight away, everyone was like, oh my God, is this the game that we never got? But it isn't. Mm-hmm. And I think you know about this as well, Chris. He, he confirmed it wasn't the same game. It was sadly. He, but he wants to kind of, um, I, I actually heard a bit about this. He wants to use the, a similar premise to create a game that is... As just as shocking and terrifying as this mm. this demo was, uh, but kind of take a different path on it. Yeah. But but that for me is obviously way more attractive Science than it probably yeah. is for you. But no, but, no, I honestly I'm not a big horror guy, but I can remember watching that because I remember Norman Reedus being in it and being yeah. like, oh, that's quite check cool. it out, yeah. And then being blown away by it. And like I say, I'm not a big like Bradley. Did you ever see that um, gameplay demo? Or you must have. Yeah, yeah, it. definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to watch a lot of YouTubers back then, and um, the, everyone was playing it. It yeah, was just was. the thing, and it was, it was so, it was creepy. Like I'm not someone to get scared very easily. Yeah. Uh, it didn't scare me, but it was creepy. It had but such an eerie. It, it probably would have been even more terrifying than you know. What's oh God, yeah. It, it was just you know, turn off all the lights, and it just becomes this creep. And it, thing. like, what's really cool is even now there's still like fan theories about like what was happening in the demo yeah. and like about mm-hmm. being followed the whole time and stuff like I that. I think that's what interested me as well is it was very mysterious. There was so much depth to it. Which is very Yeah, considering it was just like one hallway essentially. Yeah, a revolving corridor, yeah. Um, but obviously speaking of Kojima, you know, um, he's made some... Inc- oh, he's a vision masterpiece. Yeah, so, you know, we've got Metal Gear Solid. You might not like his stuff, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's unique. Well, Death Stranding is a prime example, isn't it? You know? I mean, the, even Metal Gear Solid. Metal yeah. Gear Solid is like... James Bond meets Japan and <laughs> let's throw some mechs. Meets Japan. It's just the Metal Gear franchise. I love the Metal Gear franchise, but yeah. it's just insanity. It, is, it yeah. makes hardly <laughs> any sense and it's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that that's that's pretty much what I was going to say. I, was, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens with this and uh, I'll definitely mm-hmm. be checking out this horror game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, moving on, though, um, I obviously I'm going to carry on now. Uh, we're obviously doing our side of reviews. Um, I'm going to do a TV series, which, again, I moved away from games uh, this week. Um, Netflix. You're working on Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, oh, the Ghost of Tsushima is going to be like a... I think I might need my own podcast for it. Um, no, <laughs> but anyway, um, so TV, Netflix, original, Curse. Um, ten episodes, I believe ten episodes. I've not said I, that I, I, I think there was Could 10 episodes or just under, maybe nine or eight. I think there was 10 though. Um, yeah, I, now I think about it, it might have been eight. But either way. Maybe you're cursed. Yeah, maybe I am cursed. <laughs> anyway, um, so the actress, um, I believe her name is Abigail Langford or something like that. Yes. She, so she plays um, Hannah Baker in, in 13 Reasons, 13 Reasons Why. Why yeah. Which yeah. I know you're probably, I mean, honestly, I can't even tell you. I, I mean, just you know would, that from you would, you would be shocked. No, you would be shocked. I sat and watched 13 Reasons Why and... I could honestly say it was one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm not surprised into, you liked it. I'm, I'm not going to go into it, but it is I think incredible. I'd rather hit my head over the desk. I, I no, know, 13 but, Reasons is good. I yeah, like, it, I, it's I like good, isn't it, Bradley? Series. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, but, I've seen the first two seasons, I think. Yeah, but it got better and better, and it was incredible. But anyway, so I was mm. interested to see this, this series come up, and I was almost more interested that, obviously, knowing what her character was like, and that's the only thing I've ever seen her in, um, 13 Reasons Why, and then to see her cast yeah. as this character was a real, like, that's a bit weird. Um, it's it's a great program. Do you know what? Isn't it kind of like, weirdly enough? Isn't it King kind of Arthur. like a take on King Arthur? So it's um, I, and I don't obviously if anyone really knows you know like the the backstory and all that sort of thing and like you know, really delves into King Arthur. Obviously, I'm sorry if I offend anyone here because I don't know that stuff too much. But, but what 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 the take Can't I got? Compare my yeah, yeah. But what the take <laughs> I got on it was was is it's pre King Arthur. Okay. Um, and right. it's quite a oh, so it's old timing yeah and it's basically um, Merlin um, is around um, Merlin loses his magic right he loses the ability to do magic right through the sword okay and the sword is pretty much Excalibur right it's not they never call it Excalibur but, but it's, it it's, it's a magic sword right um, it's not in a stone um, but basically the, the feeling I got from it is so she she the, the uh, main character in it Nimue she is a witch. Her family are like um, witches from the wood, right? Mm. And they can control mm. the uh, like the trees and things like that. And yeah. they're outcasts, pretty much. Um, because of the time period. Yeah. And basically, what, what it's about is um, there's all these different, you know, um, these, all, all these different species and things like that, living amongst the wood and things like that. Um, and Merlin, uh, it's like all about prophecies and things like that. Like that yeah, very king Arthur. Yeah, yeah. But basically, she... Um, Merlin loses his magic and he is not dying, but he's, he's just a, an old fool basically. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> no, that she, their paths become crossed and they, she gets told that she's part of a prophecy where she is supposed to have the sword. The sword is drawn to her okay. and she's supposed to wield it. Poor old Arthur. Right. You literally, out, literally. But what, what's great is that it crosses this line between like, it takes obviously for the start, she's a female. Yeah. And it, it takes this whole different spin. Yeah, I mean, she's we've a, had so many male King yeah, Arthur. Yeah, so you can and she's off, she's obviously yes. she's got magic as well. So it's not like Merlin and King Arthur. You know, it's not like he's just King Arthur. She's Merlin. She sort of and, understands him. Yeah, and level. and it's real fun. Like it's a great program. There, there's there's um, what I quite liked is you remember like three hundred and the three hundred film and um, Rise of an what's the second three called of Empire the, Rise of an Empire. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know how the fight scenes are done in that with the CGI blood. Yes, and it's yeah. over the top. It's very stylistic. Yeah, this is the same. That so the blood is like it's a bit over the top, but it looks 
it's cool for the style. It fits the, right. and obviously, because a lot of it's set in the wood, um, it's very pretty, the program. Like, mm. it's very colourful. It's a lot of greens, a lot of blues. The lakes are, like, obviously really nice crystal blues. And um, and I just really enjoyed it, you know. Like, it, there's magic, there's fighting, there's there's good action scenes, there's some cool characters. Um, there's def- I think they definitely are hinting at season two. Oh, yeah. It's Netflix. Come on, I was say it's Netflix. Once, yeah, ten seasons. But, but like, but I almost I know I could be wrong with the whole fandom, and everything like this, and the King mm. Arthur backstory. But I kind of got the feeling that they're kind of hinting towards her being the Lady of the Lake. Like, oh, I, who, like, and who, who, Le- who gives, gives Arthur the sword, sword to Arthur? Yeah, I, they never confirmed that, but I kind of got that vibe because there's a lot of like, you know, obviously she's a lady, and you know she becomes like this that when she's got the sword, everyone she becomes the all powerful when everyone wants to bow to her. Um, but it's all about her conflict because she doesn't so want she's it. She's the watery tart. Yeah, who threw the sword? He got the sword. Yeah, made him. You don't know what that reference is. I'm yeah. ashamed. Yeah, that's Monty Python. Is um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> But yes, it is brilliant and um, good acting. Um, but there's also, which is even weirder, there's a character in it who is like the sidekick. Okay. And his name is Arthur. Ooh. And I'm like, is this... Setting something up. Is it setting something up or is it just meant to be coincidental that his name is Arthur, you know? No, that, that wouldn't be coincidental. No, this is what I thought, but it could be because... <laughs> if, if, they're, if they're trying to throw you through a loop and she... Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. If they're trying to make you... I was yeah. going to say, they wouldn't have just forgot and been like, <laughs> whoops. It could, and that's what I quite liked is that you know there's a couple of bits where like he 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 draw, he's drawn to the sword, mm. and like a couple of bits where he tries to take it from her, okay. and it's like this conflict between the two of them. But he tries to take it, and that, and I'm like, both attracted to the sword. yeah, and I'm so I'm like, so is he going to end up being Arthur, and she decides to give him the sword because she doesn't want it because obviously in terms of, well she has magic, so mm. she's it's not she like really she's useless. It's not sword. like she's useless, but when she does have the sword on top of her magic. She's pretty OP. But maybe it's <laughs> because she's got magic, she can wield the sword better. Yeah. Then this average Joe's like... Well, this oh, is well, 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 what I quite liked as well is that she's um she's got no experience. She's not a fighter. She's not violent. Even her magic, she doesn't use it for violence. She's yeah, actually... She's an outcast, right? So basically, she she's bullied. You know, she's an outcast society. And she only really uses her magic in a panic. So she doesn't even really know how to control that. So I quite like the fact that when she has the sword, I mean... It's made that way. I'm not calling her a bad actress or anything, yeah. But she's meant to look like she has no idea how to wield a sword. Okay. But she right. demolishes like groups of men with it, and yeah. I'm like, like who are trained? Well, well, yeah. Of, one part of I know some of the idea of if you're in there, it's almost a sword as its own living entity. Exactly, and she's that's kind of like the sword guides her. In it the fights, does, and, right? and this is what happens: is that she, when she's using it she almost seems like she's useless with it, but the sword just does not let her lose, basically. <laughs> and, and, but the sword is actually draining, like, it, it da- it's not damaging her, but it's, 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 it's basically using power, it's drawing power from her. Oh, right. She's yeah. like a magic battery. She's an entity. Sword. Yeah, she's like an entity control, <laughs> yeah. But, but honestly, I, I would suggest giving it a go, because especially if you're into that whole, that whole King Arthur thing, and it's, like, yeah. it's a different take, for sure. I, I'm, I mean, I, I hadn't really been too bothered about it, but yeah. I'll give it a go. Probably. Yeah, I, I think definitely would. And I know if there's a second season, then um, and I really like the casting as well. Um, Merlin, um, I'm not actually sure who he was, but he was he was great as mm. Merlin, and um, he kind of plays this like because he hasn't got the magic in the like you know he's 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 weak and he's older and mm. he's struggling because his life's changed basically. He just kind of becomes a bit of like a drunk fool, like a, like he's just <laughs> he kind of gives up on the whole magic thing and that because. Mm. He does, and until he realizes that their paths have collided and there's a reason and obviously I won't spoil that but there's a big reason for it and 
he then becomes like a guide, a mentor almost. Um, and and yeah, there's there's a lot of like um, twists in the story and things like that. And there's like I said, there were some really really impressive core action scenes, which I actually was surprised about. I kind yeah, of wasn't expecting Netflix much. Series can sometimes uh, be a bit interesting. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I was kind of impressed with. They're either really good or they have like one set piece, mm. and then you know the rest yeah. is sort of. Yeah, but there's um there's a lot about like the um the the, the kind of path it follows is um the uh, red paladins so they're like they're like religious you know that they, they want these witches out the and any creature that's not just a human um you know um you know they're, they're just they're the they're, they're meant to made monsters they look like crazy yeah nut jobs like cult they're a cult yeah, yeah and that's exactly it and and <laughs> they're based like every fantasy setting yeah and yeah. it also follows there's little bits in there about vikings um, and stuff which is oh, quite cool. cool like and that's, is it uh, that because that that sort of I believe King Arthur is meant to be around from the myth. Yeah. 500. Yeah. 400 AD. So, so they have like, um, like they show you like a Viking King um, and he's, uh, and he's camp. And basically mm. he wants her gone because he wants to be the all time King basically. Yeah, and that's, there's that's, like, they show you a little bit of like Viking raids and stuff. Really and it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously Viking raids are historically speaking quite a bit. Yeah. Further, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but... yeah. Not to say that maybe a few didn't happen. In exactly. Well, it's not. So yeah, it happened but, over hundreds of years. Yeah, so. it's not. Yeah. What, but it's not either. They don't go for the proper, like you know, the traditional what we think of a Viking raid. They they do like. Where I'm talking more like you know, little groups of Viking warriors will go out and they'll literally find like a small camp and they'll just like, well, they'll kidnap or mm. or. or kill basically um, little, but, but there's a lot of like conflict between groups and things like that in there i really liked it it was like a miniature um and i mean miniature but like a really small scale game of thrones slash like witcher. you know witcher yeah and i, I really liked it I, I enjoyed it definitely cool yeah I mean, i'll give it a go you, you think about giving it a go bradley yeah i mean i didn't think much of it um like you said i kind of uh just kind of passed on it i thought it kind of you said about being surprised about the action scenes. I, I was kind of like anticipating that they wouldn't be very good. That yeah. it would, you know, it kind of default, isn't it? I think it's. Just... I don't know. It, the trailers and stuff just don't make it look very interesting. No. So I think now that you've said that, it might be something I have to give a go um, because of. I don't know. I feel like maybe they didn't market it in the right way because yeah, yeah. I, I did... a long list to watch yeah. now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, it will be on there somewhere. But yeah, I yeah, I think you should give it a go. I, I, like I say, I think we were all kind of thinking the same thing about the action, but it was surprising. You were the brave one to give it a go. I, do you know, I only gave it a go. And I'll be honest, again, like you say, I didn't think the trailer made it look very good either. But the reason I gave it a go was because um, I was, you know, when you're sitting on Netflix and you haven't moved anything in a while, when it comes up with suggestions or coming soon, and yeah. it, yeah. it just kept coming up and I just kept seeing it. And I was like, I need <laughs> is so i just put it on and one day i was like i'm just gonna chuck this on see what happens <laughs> see it what was, happens i watched it, it all, out. much watched it in two days so i, I really enjoyed That's it yeah. but yeah go on somebody else hit me with some news uh, with a review oh, was news yeah <laughs> don't hear me more news <laughs> um no yeah i've got a review today uh, and like i said i am working on a couple of different games um that i want to do reviews for but i haven't done enough in them to to give a, to give a review give a good enough review um, so what I wanted to touch on today is my first ever negative review. Oh no! <gasps> oh my! Dum, dum, dum. So, I didn't know we were those kind of people. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about positives that I like. I will do what I must. Uh, but I, I have to be honest about how I felt about this because I was really excited for this. Yeah, Basically, definitely. a new series dropped on Netflix again, um, and it is Transformers: The Fall of Cybertron Siege. 
and it's basically um, well, it's a it's made in Japan. It's an anime. Um, the version of Netflix is an English dub, um, and it's, it's an anime Transformers series about the fall of Cybertron, which for me sounded amazing. I love. I don't know about you guys. Do you like that sort of? Because I loved the Fall of Cybertron games. Yeah, the Fall of Cybertron games was was amazing, and um, I I don't follow. Transformers all that much, but obviously I've seen all the movies and mm. stuff like that. And I always really loved the Transformers universe in general. I always thought it was awesome. Um, mm. And I think Fall of Cybertron was really cool. Oh, like, the, yeah, it did, was. Really did you play those games, Bradley? Uh, no, I, I played the original PS2 Transformers. I remember that game, <laughs> but you're missing no. out massively, Bradley. But, oh. Yeah, I haven't played the games, but um, Golden Oldie. Uh, yeah. Golden Oldie. Oh, that's going to be a Golden, Golden Oldie. Oldie. Yeah. Which one? The PS2 one. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we could actually do no. that one as well <laughs> but uh, no the fall of cybertron but but the second okay. fall of yeah, cybertron yeah yeah awesome. i can't remember what the name of it was but it is it's a bradley it's a phenomenal the first one's okay the first yeah. one's quite fun second one is phenomenal the third one's garbage <laughs> right <laughs> weirdly because activision like rushed them out the gate with the third one i did not i thought there was only one to be honest oh bradley the second one is I, know, I won't talk back because I've gone about it forever. <laughs> it's such a fun third-person shooter. But because this series was drawing from that same sort of time period, you know, it's the Autobots versus the Decepticons, it's on mm-hmm. Cybertron, and the, the video game does a really good job of encapsulating that this is a alien civilization in the midst of a full-blown civil war. Right. But for me, the problem I had with this series is it felt so small scale. It's meant to be a giant civil war and it never feels like that. Um, And I'll talk about what I liked about it to begin with. I liked the art style. So the art style is, it looks like the original Transformers series, which is called G1, Generation 1. And that for me is very nostalgic because I grew up watching that series. And it's sort of like, they look like they do in that series, but like a modern take, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's something I loved about it. Um, I think it looks very good when characters are not moving. When characters aren't in motion, or they're just talking or standing still, it looks really, really good. The part where it doesn't, the animation doesn't hold up is when they're fighting or moving really quickly. Right, uh, which is a massive letdown. Um, yeah. Um, and like I say, it's just it's too small scale. I think it it looks good when it's not moving. I like what they've tried to do with it. Yeah. But what they've basically done is they've taken the very end of the war. So the Autobots are pretty much a spent force. Right. They're done. There's like maybe a hundred of them left. Okay. And the Decepticons rule everything. And you follow Optimus Prime and the Autobots in their, this desperate... There's only, like, um, I, I believe there's six episodes. It's a limited mm-hmm. series. Oh, very, um, yeah. So, to be fair to them, there's, it felt more like a, this is what we could have, right? It felt like a, a tester, yeah, like yeah. a tryout. Yeah. And for that, I think it has a potential for a second season to be amazing. But from what I wanted from it, I was just left really disappointed. Okay. There were aspects I really liked about it. Um, like I said, the references back to the old Transformers, um, 
a boatload of Transformers characters as well as new ones. Um, and the, the thing that's really fun is Megatron isn't evil in this to begin with. You follow a man, because if you know anything about Transformers, basically the Transformers, the Autobots and the Decepticons, rise up against the Quintessons, which are the people who made them, these other robotic life forms. Okay. And so it's Megatron is kind of this war leader with Optimus and with Ultra Magnus, and he's kind of a beacon of hope. It's only later where he becomes a bit of a dictator. And in this, they sort of explain how he's looked up to and admired, and the Autobots are looked at as terrorists. But because of the war, Megatron has slowly become more and more dark and sort of twisted. And that's something I really enjoyed. Because I like this idea of Megatron being this idealist, being this general who wanted freedom, but then as he fights and fights, he gets disillusioned and he realises, like why should I like fight for that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's even fun in the series where Decepticons betray Megatron in this series because they're like, he's, he's, he's lost his mind. He, he, there's a bit where he executes a prisoner of war. And even a few of the Decepticons at this point are like, what, are you do- like, what have you done? Yeah. And that for me was very adult and very fun. Mm. Um, and I know a big contention for, for this series was that the voice... Um, for Megatron is not Frank Weller, right. and the voice for Optimus is not um, Peter Cullen, right. who is the voice from the movies, the iconic voices. Yeah, yeah. But what I will say is, as someone pointed out, as much as I love those two, and to me they are the definitive voices for Megatron and Optimus, right? But they're both getting on, and they're not going to be with us <laughs> for it. They, no. they, they are. Peter yeah, Cullen's really yeah, old. Yeah. Oh, is he? they're not going to be with us forever. So why not have someone else have take their take it, on yeah. it? Because eventually you're going to have to have someone else. When he transforms and rolls out. I, I still want Peter Oh, that's really up. sad. That's really sad, isn't it? When you think about it. <laughs> but, I mean, he's great. He's the perfect Optimus, but you have to realise eventually these guys... Yeah, if we want the character to live on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was a bit jarring. The guy who does Megatron, I don't know his name, but I generally thought he was really good. The guy who was doing Optimus Prime, I think he was trying really hard, but it felt like he was trying to mimic... To be the same. Peter Cullen, yeah, which is always disappointing. Yeah. Instead of trying to do his own sort of take on it. Um, yeah. So, to be honest, that's, that's is all I really want to say about it. Yeah. It's just the acting, the acting is good. The action is a bit underwhelming because the animation doesn't look so good in movement. Right. But there's elements, if you are an old-school Transformers fan, you probably enjoy you, it. or if you like the fall of Cybertron, you probably enjoy it. And I think it sets a good precedent for an amazing second season. Yeah. It's just a bit of an underwhelming Experience. first season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For someone who was... Maybe Piped that's just because it. I was so before it, excited yeah. about this. Yeah. Um, just quickly, sorry, I was actually just looking while you were talking. Um, so the games, there was, yeah, so you had, I don't know what order, but you had War for Cybertron, mm-hmm. Fall, of Ci- Fall of Cybertron. Oh, wait, I might have played and then you War for Cybertron. Dark, the last one was called The Rise of the Dark Spark. Which is the was one that was that, like, like. disaster. Yeah. I'm very sure that's them, but yeah, they're, they're all uh, experts. Maybe that's why I only thought there was one because they have different names technically. Yeah, yeah, no, Bradley. Honestly, I, I think uh, I might are, have played War for Cybertron. They are great. War is yeah, the yeah. first, I think, and then Fall, Fall is, is the second. Fall is the best. Fall, was Fall is amazing. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've played that one. I think I think I've played one of them. I, I the, one of them had an online. 
and I think yes. I might have yeah, it did have they, all, they all have an online yeah, you, yeah. Oh. you customise your car your car you change it yeah, to customize. yeah. <laughs> that's why I remember it <laughs> obviously that's why I remember it as well because I customise options yeah <laughs> honestly I think they're sleeper games they're really great mm. especially the second one the second one the campaign in the second one is amazing like even even the first level you activate a guy called Fortress Maximus who is this gigantic city-sized Autobot. Yeah. And it's the most amazing first mission ever, Bradley. Like, It does just... sound pretty cool. And then um, you rotate between all different characters. You play yeah, as a Megatron, you play as some... players the Dinobots, which are amazing. So you can play as a giant T-Rex one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you also play as um, the Constructor Cons, which I don't know if you remember this bit, Jack, but they combined into a giant Decepticon and you do this set piece where you play as him and you just rampage through an army of Autobots. <laughs> and it is so fun, Bradley. It's just mindless, like, <laughs> crushing and destroying everything. <laughs> Sounds good. But yeah, that, that's all I had to say about that. Um, so I, I would recommend it if you're a Transformers fan, but it's not the best thing that no. Transformers license has ever done. No. That's where I'm going to leave that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's that's. I don't think uh, we've got another review for today, have we? We're moving on. No. To... No. I mean, you two did TV reviews. Um, I haven't really got anything to say about TV, uh, <laughs> and I haven't really played anything new uh, this week. So I kind of just thought, rather than talk about something random or old, I'll just leave it this week, and we can yeah. just. Um, well, that's all right because yeah, we so for next week. Uh, to talk about uh, next, which I think we've all got plenty to say on, uh, <laughs> which is uh, a series retrospective. Uh, we are going through Halo. Uh, I told you this is going to be a Halo podcast from now on. <laughs> we <laughs> promise you, every not. episode is not going to have Halo in it, but <laughs> no, yeah. at the moment it's current. So we, we've got, and Chris has a lot to say about Halo anyway. So, um, so yeah, wh- where do you want to start, Chris? So I've, I'll go first. Um, and for me, so we had to say, what is our peak Halo? What is our favourite Halo? And this is really hard for me because I have generally enjoyed all of them. Yeah. People yeah. hate Halo 5. I still really like Halo 5. Say, I enjoyed it. Especially for the movement. I, that's something I really enjoy in 5. So it's hard for me to, to narrow it down. But if I had to... Gun to your head. My favourite single player and multiplayer is Halo 3. Okay. Ooh. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you've said that yeah. um, anyway um, carry on <laughs> and, and it's bizarrely as well i think i'm a bit biased on the multiplayer side of things yeah i knew you'd say three as well i said you'd say three before when i saw this i, I said chris is gonna say three <laughs> <laughs> because for the multiplayer things i think i think actually objectively halo reach and halo 5 have better multiplayers mm-hmm. i think halo 5's multiplayer is awesome i think halo reach's multiplayer is awesome but for whatever reason, I love Halo 3 the most because I'm better at it. <laughs> I'm so good at Halo 3 Online. It's ridiculous. Mm. And I don't know why. I cannot explain to you why, but I can play a free-for-all and the chances are I'll come first. Yeah. Like, I, it just, there's nothing <laughs> about that game where I just demolish. You just zone in. You just lock into it. And, you're just and there. Uh, I just I love it for that reason. And, uh, and it's just classic Halo. Yeah, it uh, is. Even though it's very jarring to not be able to run. <laughs> um, you get used to it. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. move a lot faster in free than the, than others. You do the others. Chief's like, normal move speed is fast. And I could gush for days about Halo 3's story. Mm-hmm. To me, Halo 3's story is the peak Halo. It has literally 
everything good about the Halo franchise across that campaign. Yeah, it it's brutal. It's hopeful. It, it's down crushing. There's a sense that you're on the back foot. That this is the end. That yeah. Earth is going to be over. The whole African segments where you have to drive the walk hogs across the the highways. Yeah, I mean, the segments where you fight the scarabs. scarabs. To the first time the floods are introduced. Yeah, this goes from this intense shooter, and the first time they show up on high charity, they um, slip space in, and they crash into the African city. And the game takes a 180. It goes from this intense shooting experience, it's a, a lot of fun, to a very scary, scary yeah. uncomfortable horror. I watched a YouTuber recently play it for the first time, and he generally freaked out. Yeah, the first time it is different. Yeah, it's, it's because of the, the dynamic they flip on their head. They do. And also, I just love that the elites are your friends. Yeah. It's so... <laughs> Cutscenes in this, like, I will always remember the cutscene where you follow, you go with the elite fleet as a, a one human ship goes with the elite fleet and you go to attack the prophets and the elite fleet comes out and there's the brute fleet off in the distance over the arc mm -hmm. and um, the elite turns to him and goes shipmaster now number us three to one and the shipmaster slams his fist <laughs> on the table and goes then it is an even fight <laughs> yeah. and, I'm like, oh. and it, the music kicks in yeah. and it's proper halo and there's this fleet battle going on and Johnson's like, kick it. And then the Pelican detaches from it and you're falling towards the planet as these fleets are fighting. Yeah. I, honestly, Halo 3 is just perfection in my, in the campaign, <laughs> it, the multiplayer, not so much, uh, even though it's my favorite, mm -hmm. I understand it's very cool. <laughs> um, but the campaign in my, it's just perfection. Yeah. I just, there's not a mission I hate and they're just all great, especially the last two missions. Yeah. Um, which I think are Covenant and The Ark. I the Ark, it's, say. it's The Ark, I think, is the last And mission. they're both really fun. They're, they're almost semi-open world mm. in, in, a, in a certain respect as well. So, Radley, do you want to go next or do you want me to? Do you want to quickly just you, your opinion on Halo 3? So, this is why yeah. I kind of said, did Bradley want to go next or not? Because... because my my opinion on so Halo Three, I don't want to just say is my game too, but Halo Three is of all the Halos I played from the very first to the most recent, um, two stand out for me as the best. Like in my opinion, there's two that stand out for me in the best, and Halo Three is one of them. So obviously, I don't just want to say that because you've just gone over it all. But I'm I generally surprised. But I agree with you though. Um, and it, but mine for me it isn't so much about multiplayer. It is just the story. I really enjoyed Halo Three story. And do you know what? Of I would say that amongst this and the other one that I'll go on to in a second, the, it's the story I remember most. Even though I played Halo Five way more recently and mm -hmm. Halo Four, I haven't played Halo Three since Halo Three really. So since you know, yeah, exactly. And and uh, I remember. Do you remember when uh, we played Halo 3 around your house? And uh, this is the most like memorable thing for me. It was on multiplayer. Oh and do you remember it was summertime where we were in your conservatory and we was eating ice lollies and we had a turret in each hat. Like, each of us had a turret in our hands <laughs> and we were still like, top of the leaderboards. Um, we were just massacring. Yeah, yeah, and we were just massacring. But yeah, um, <laughs> now do you know what? Halo 3 always is memorable for me. Um, and I remember these iconic moments in the story. I remember the emotional side of Halo 3 mm. and things like yeah. that. And, yeah, and, that's something I didn't even touch on. There is a lot of emotion in Halo 3. And I remember, I think Halo 3 was the first time as well playing a game, like not a game ever, but in the Halo franchise anyway, 
that I did feel a bit like choked up about the the, the emotion in the story, especially towards the end. And mm. like it did have this real like dooming sensation. Yeah, there was. Yeah, and do you know what? I, I, yeah, Halo Three stands out for me. Um, but uh, Bradley, do you, I'm guessing Halo Three isn't your is not your favorite? No, I absolutely love Halo Three. But but before yeah. you talk about, it, is there anything you want to say about Three? But before you go into your game, because what's uh, your yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I love throw. everything you've said. I agree with completely. But I also just remember three was a time where, like you said about sitting in the conservatory playing, that was a time where it was a really like friends on game. You just jump into a like matchmaking with your friends, and you yeah, just yeah. Just, I mean, you, it was just fun. It was just mindless fun. Yeah, custom games. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. awesome. the people's like uh, was the birth of like, gone. Yeah, no, I was going to say the birth of Griffball. Yeah, yeah. Griffball. Yeah. <laughs> but do you remember? Was that the one as well? Halo 3 was around the time. Was that not around the time people the, started creating their the own? police zombie game yeah. as well. Yeah. With the prisons. And... Yeah. And do you remember? Mm-hmm. Was that not when the people were making racetracks with mongooses yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Exactly. There's just all those memories. But that's it, it the memory. There's, there's actually yeah. a, a search engine. Um, for you to find custom games really on, on Master Chief Collection. Wow, I play it every now and then <laughs> yeah, just to reminisce, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I mean, that's that's for me. Um, I don't know what Bradley's favorite Halo is. Uh, do you want me to go first, Bradley, or do you want it? What, what is it? What's well, yours? This is why I want to. I, want to <laughs> I think if they're different, was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> my favorite Halo, aside from three, my favorite Halo purely because for me it's the most memorable was Halo Reach. Ah, is that what you was gonna say? You got a yeah, of it was. Yeah, I knew, I knew you was gonna. I thought that's why I was asking. Reach. There's there's a, reach. It's, it's yeah. So considering your your two favourites, Halo Rage, there's a quiz mm-hmm. question later. Oh, I'm not saying you get, get it that. wrong. Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that because I'll get it wrong. Oh yeah, but but Halo <laughs> Reach, right? Okay, so the storyline, Halo Reach. Yeah, obviously it was different anyway from the other Halos because of obviously number one, you know, Chief. Yeah, yeah. but but. <laughs> But you're this squad, right? And I mean, you're hyper, hyper lethal. You're yeah. the only other Spartan next to Master Chief yeah. with the designation of hyper lethal. But do you not remember like the storyline and like the team, the, the story that it follows this team? And do, do you remember like without obviously? I mean, this doesn't mean no spoilers anymore, does it? Well, this is um, the thing because it's Reach. If you've played one, two, and three, you know that Reach falls. Mm. Yeah, and so you're kind of going in knowing like how it's gonna go in a way if you know but we're talking about like emotion and stuff obviously of halo 3 do yeah but the moment in, oh, reach, in reach reach tops halo yeah do you, oh yeah like, that's what i mean remember the it just tops it one like, by one and that's what's most heartbreaking it's, what I mean. it's interesting it's like you said you know it's coming yeah but mm-hmm. for some reason the way they did it it still hits you every in the time fields, every time every yeah. different every level when they up the, this the emotion tension and, the, and what happens and you, and you remember think, like each obviously we, we can talk about spoilers because of how old it is mm-hmm. i mean um but without like going into them too much but do you remember like the uh, the one that stands out for me is do you remember i think it's towards the very end as well one of the last or one of the guys in the squad do you remember when you're on the ship and he pushes you off it pushes you out the George. pushes you out the thing yeah and, oh at the very end yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he, he takes some some um, fire from a banshee. Yes, and he tells you and Emil to yeah. jump. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. and oh, I just the the, the 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 disease like I think moments. I think the the, the one that hit me. You say to him is Noble Six. Yeah, where he says Six, she chose you. She made the right call. And even Six looks at her, looks at him, and goes, 
it's been an honor, sir. Yeah. And it, even that, just, like, yeah, really it's just because you know, yeah. you know what's coming. Yeah. And it was like Bradley said, this slow building story where every, every time something happened, you just, even though you knew where it was going, each member of that squad became a loved one, didn't they? Like, mm-hmm. and it was like mm-hmm. such they, an intense. The char- considering that if you actually look at it, they didn't have a lot of time with these characters, no. but the characterization mm-hmm. and the voice. Yeah. Act- Everyone was so unique. Phenomenal job at yeah. bringing these characters to life. Mm. Yeah, and and I think that's for me that I I do you know what I'll be completely honest. I don't really remember Reach's multiplayer. I don't remember. Oh, it, it should. It like, was really good. It was like, so good. It was, the, it was the first multiplayer that divided the fan base, right? Because of armor abilities. Of oh, of course. Was that where the yeah, mm-hmm. but like the drop shield? Armor just, lock, yeah, the armor lock. Armor lock. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay, I loved no, it. That, that's all coming rushing back. I, I, really, I, as much I as did enjoy really Reach. Yeah, no, especially I, Invasion. Mm-hmm. I see that that was like you said, Chris, about um, being really good at Halo Three. Mine was Reach. I was Actually, so good at Reach. Saying that, I remember when Reach was out. Yeah, and I remember Bradley. Yeah, um, he did used to really grasp that game. Yeah. And I like, remember literally, player, he was like Bradley. the he was like the dog. I, I I've still got it as well. I um I went on the PC version uh, when it came out in December of last year, yeah. and I go I jump into SWAT. My game mode is SWAT. Swat. that does not surprise no, me no it doesn't no, uh, no. I, it's all about the aim it's all about the twitch reactions and I, I, i'm popping out like 32 on on my team and then like it's up to 50 kills and i've got 32 and i'm like please there's there's four people on a team <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like are you, are you gonna do anything and but if, if i remember correctly bradley i distinctly remember spending hours customizing my spartan yeah and wasn't yep. yours just the default uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah I, I was. I, was, I, think was I got to like a really high rank, and I'm like, I'll just stay as noble. Pads, yeah. Heavy plated helmet. Like my guy was pimped out to like the highest, and then Brad I'm was so like, vanilla. Just, just not. Nervous. I think I think I changed to the scout chest plate, so I had the little uh, scarf thing. You know, the, the little bit. I just like the little bit of, of cloth around your neck. And then but, that was it. Like, and he's and like, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I was like, "Wow, customization." Am I right? <laughs> I mean, I remember. Um, I, I remember spending a lot of time in those customization. Reach has my favorite customization. Yeah. Oh, by far, it was so good, and the fact that you had to really grind. So when you saw someone with a specific skin, you, you were like, knew they were hardcore. Wow. Or they wasted a lot of their life. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> But yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I think, yeah, that for me, so obviously now that you say it and I can picture it, like Reach with, the, the, with the multiplayer, I do remember it being really good and really fun and the abilities were cool and stuff. Yeah, but, I played it was SWAT and Invasion. I thought Invasion was insanely fun. Oh, they need to, if Invasion isn't an infinite, I might riot. Yeah. I've but, just I've just always loved that that big, like, uh, big fight, but it's directed. So like you have these, these big team battles. I mean, it's something as well that I was surprised. It was an F one, but I, I love the that. fact that invasion is also a very directed objective. Yeah, yeah. And I remember it being massive. Like I remember having these insane battles, and I was really surprised mm-hmm. when I went back to replay Rage that it's only eight v eight. Mm-hmm. But it feels it feels like twenty v twenty. It's yeah. insane. But that's what I mean. You could do something like that now, and yeah. it could be so good because the way they did it in Guardians, they had. It's just like a big map, isn't it? And there's no specific. They threw uh, AI in there, which completely ruined that game. Yeah, it doesn't really have that same, like I said, that directed objective of you are the Spartans, go and take this from the elites, or you are the elites, go and take it from the Spartans. Spartans doesn't ring as good as Covenant elites. No, exactly. 
and I, I, it was one of those things where going up against elite uh, player controlled elites felt so good mm-hmm. when you like took down a player that was an elite, I, even though they have pretty much the exact same uh, stuff as you. Yeah. It still felt cool. It felt right, and I mean the other way around as well. You being like an elite and evading across the the and open field. I remember because elites had unique assassination yeah, animations did, yeah. on mm-hmm. the Spartans, and the, another one. This assassinations the first time that reared its head in a Halo game was Halo Reach, and they were so cool. I remember being amazed by them as a kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, like, you just sit there and you just like watch all the animations through. You're just so intense, but I also love the fact that you could change you know change your elite skin as well it wasn't as you know much as yeah, these buttons yeah. but you had about what seven eight different elites yeah, about 13, which there was, oh really exactly which yeah, there was like, you know it was more than enough really there was like uh, there was a couple uh, like limited edition ones that like came mm-hmm. from order bonuses and stuff if you yeah. um thingy uh master chief collection reach you can just unlock everything though so it doesn't really yeah too much. I, but I think you know, um, yeah. Like you say, I'm kind of glad. I am actually kind of glad that Bradley had the same game as me, though, mm. because Bradley's touched on the multiplayer more than I would have been able to. But like, whereas we've all agreed on the storyline, oh, yeah, being you know, like but, you say, you know where it's going. Yeah. But the emotional beats where squadmates die, mm. or mm-hmm. the, even the one that I really is impactful is when you you the, the super carrier appears, blows mm-hmm. up a UNSC ship. And there's this whole cut scene where they're talking about how do we deal with the supercarrier. Yeah. And it really encapsulates the Spartans' personalities really well. And they yeah. a bit banter. And then you do this whole mission where you fly up into space, blow up the supercarrier, and George, who is the big guy, sacrifices himself. He's, he's the big teddy bear, though, isn't he? Is, he's he's, he's big, so yeah. caring. He's the big, gentle He's the big guy. softy, yeah. Great scene with him and Emil, actually, where... Emil berates George for being too soft with the civilian yeah. girl in the first or second mission. Yeah. And um, uh, George literally pushes Emil into the corner and goes, she just lost her father. Yeah. And like, even Emil, <laughs> like, Emil's a badass, but even in that, yeah. bit, he leans back and then mm. Carter has to tell them to split it up. To yeah. Rain it in. yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, he dies and you're like, it's a very hopeful moment. You're like, oh, we've taken out their, their weapon. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the Covenant Armada Come through, yeah. comes in while you're falling back to Planet Reach. Mm. What, yeah. a, what a sequence. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. And, and like I say, obviously, I mean, considering how old these games are, you know, how many years ago we're talking, mm. to, to have, you know, these great memories of them. And just, I mean, you know, we, we're obviously doing this talking about our favourites, but let's be real, the whole franchise has just been... Oh, yeah, definitely. Really. Mm. I mean, you know... I, I get there's there's things people take an issue with, um, and there's there's things I've taken an issue with. I've generally enjoyed everything. Yeah. I've even... Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people hate Halo 5 story. I, I like Halo 5 story. Mm. It's not as... I, I, yeah, I, I really like the fact Remind that there's two, like, really, really two groups. Halo 5 story about. I, I so, Chief and Blue Team go rogue yeah. to go after Cortana because she oh, contacts yes, John. Yes, yes. got... Was it Locke? Agent Locke? Cyrus. Yeah. Who are Spartan 4s. Oh, yes. Chase after, Chase after Chief. Chief. Yeah, no, but I, I really like that, that playing through of one squad than the other squad and... Yeah, and, ca- and, and sort of like catching up with yourself. I don't know why. I just, I just kind of like the. Uh, yeah, the I dynamic remember that. You're hun- yeah, oh, I, I do. Cool. You're like, hunting yourself. It yeah. just, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, it just, I just don't think the set pieces and the story was quite as good. Mm. I think there's a lot of missed opportunities. Yeah. In yeah. Especially considering 
one massive chunk of that story is going to the elite's home world. Mm. And mm. I felt like that storyline was massively wasted. Right. From what they could have done. Because it just it fell a bit flat, the elite home world for me. Right. When it should have been this... Because they're basically, if you look at their culture, they are very similar to Samurai's. Mm. And yeah. I wanted... There's a civil war. I wanted these amazing cutscenes where the Arbiter's leading this charge and mm. you sort of help him. Whereas you don't really get that because you just rescue him and then help him attack a city and then you yeah, leave. and then you leave, yeah. And it was like, right, oh. yeah. But, yeah, like you say, have you got any more things you want to add about Halo Reach? No, I think I've pretty much summed it up, really. And I think we've, you know, we've all said our, our piece on it and kind of that's pretty much we've all got similar opinions and you know we, we've all loved the franchise um and we promise you this will not just be a halo podcast every week it's uh, just no, a joke. yeah it's, it's an ongoing thing right now but. we just <laughs> in the wake of last week we thought it'd be quite fun because i promised that this would become a halo podcast <laughs> so we thought we'd run with that joke this week, this week yeah. but it will not no it will not yeah. but if you do like halo then obviously you're, you're in luck yeah. Um, yeah and you've got one more segment we have one more Halo segment before Halo, we right? move on next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this, is, this is my fault. <laughs> so the last thing we're touching on this week is our, you know, delve into fandom quiz. So in that spirit, the delve into fandom quiz is Halo, um, which is very exciting for me. And I've chosen two extremely easy ones that you should get right <laughs> without any problem. Um, okay. Third one I would still consider easy, but you might. Right. And then the last two, I tried to make them as difficult as possible. Yeah, we're we'll never uh, getting those ones. Then I think I think Jack, I, I think there's a possibility you could get them, Bradley. I have faith in you. Got no oh faith. God, no. I, this is the thing is like, I remember one of my friends from um, secondary school had uh, the Halo encyclopedia. <laughs> I was just blown away with how much lore there is oh, to know about these the, the, things. Do you, know, do you know what the funniest thing with that is, Bradley? 343 have actually released, had to release tie-ins on Halo Waypoint to connect all the lore because stuff... Oh, God. Like, see, see, I do not think I have any chance of getting the last two. They spend... let's, let's just focus on the first three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you guys yep. ready for the first one? Yep. Yes. Okay, so... Um, who knows what the lady's like? And your options are A, Sergeant Johnson, B, Master Chief, or C, the Arbiter. Wait, who knows what the lady's like? It's not, it's, it's not the Arbiter. It's not the Arbiter. Yeah, they'll be like, we'll get rid of C. And Wait, so it's who knows. So doesn't Sergeant Johnson say it? about the chief surely jack yeah yeah that's what i was thinking like i was thinking, surely because he's saying who knows what the yeah, so so you're surely saying, knows, so, you're saying, so i'm saying he's not saying who said it he's saying who like who who knows so who's he said it about so surely it's chief one of the characters said that he knows what the lady's like well he uh, says i know what the lady's like Oh, so I ain't gonna be chief surely no so it's gotta be sergeant johnson sergeant yeah, johnson there's yeah. a there's a line yeah, say. There's a, there's a line by Sergeant that was question Johnson. One. We're goes, not doing very well, Jack. He basically <laughs> he says to a female marine on a bridge um, that you're getting a scorpion tank, and she goes, "Yeah." And then he loads the minigun and goes, "I know what the ladies like." <laughs> well, that was question one, so I'm excited. Incredibly easy, Jesus Christ! Four <laughs> or five. <laughs> uh, I told you the first two are nice and easy. Yeah, nice and easy. 
Who do you play as in Halo Reach? Okay, okay, right, I got this one. Jack the Destroyer, the <laughs> over tyrant of the Grunts, <laughs> Craig, our Lord and Saviour, <laughs> or Noble Sin. I'm so wished it was Craig. Like, I, I will go with. Imagine if, Six. imagine, hang on, just a theory. Imagine if Halo Infinite releases and in the campaign they give you the option as player as Craig. Yeah, player's chief. Oh, player that's a co op character, like he's your sidekick. <laughs> imagine. No, um, it's obviously Noble Six. That. No, okay, well, that one was incredibly easy, so yeah, thank you. Yeah, that should be question one. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I still think this is quite easy, but number three, what Spartan project does George from Halo Reach belong to? And Ooh. your options are Spartan 1, codenamed Orion, the Spartan right. 2 project, or the Spartan 3 project? Spartan. So one, yeah. two, or three. What oh, is good. What, um, I'm going to go with... Uh, Two. Go on, Bradley. What do you say? Two. Spartan two. I'm gonna go Spartan one. Okay, so um, he's a Spartan two. Oh, yes. uh, that is the same classification, <sighs> the same program that Master Chief comes from. Right. So there's around. There used to be around thirty, but new law indicates there's around forty Spartan twos. Most of them died in the war. Mm-hmm. Um, but Master Chief and George are Spartan 2s. Right. That's why uh-huh. Halo Reach, George is way bigger than the other Spartans. Oh, okay. Because they're oh, okay. Spartan 3s. Oh, okay. And Spartan 3s are cheaper, mass-produced Spartans, which is why if you play Halo Reach, Dr. Horsey, mm. the scientist lady, made the Spartan 2s. Right. And if you play Halo Reach, she's very critical and negative and uh, nasty to the Spartan 3s. Right. But nice to George. Yeah. Because the Spartan Freeze are not as good as hers, and she didn't make them. Okay. Which is sense. why she's she's sort of. Okay. I, I actually didn't know that. Then that makes like complete sense now. Yeah. So she's nice to big old George, who's in his. Yeah, because I've always noticed that she's nicer to him, but I just assumed it was because of like prior friendship. She's his Spartan. <laughs> and then, yeah. And they're not, and she's angry that only made more Spartans without telling her. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, is, cool. which is fun. Yeah, I know every day. And that's sort of from the novels. And then that's also why Noble Six, despite being classified as hyper lethal, plays a, is physically stronger, uh, physically weaker than Chief, and his health doesn't regenerate like Master Chief does. Yeah, that's mm. the in-law reasons because Spartan Freeze aren't as good. No, they're not meant to be. Um, they're you know, and that's also why George is so big, which I love. Yeah, he's great because he's actually <laughs> he's still taller than Master Chief, but they're more on an even playing field. Right. Um, but yeah. So number four now, who was the master builder? <laughs> who was the master builder? Yeah. So A, okay. a mysterious alien from before the time of the forerunners who seeded life in the galaxy. B, a UNSC Marine who is sick at Lego sets. <laughs> or C, a corrupt forerunner by the name of Faber of Will and Might, or Faber for short. Well, well, what I would say is that a master builder from the Lego movie is to do a Lego, but it's obviously not going to be the Lego guy. Just a little um, marine sitting there. Everything is awesome. <laughs> no, the Lego movie, yeah, it's not definitely that. Um, Any ideas, Bradley? I would go with C. What, the corrupt forerunner? Yes. Read out A. A is a mysterious alien from before the Forerunners who seeded life in the galaxy. I'm going to go C as well. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a nice. Forerunner by the name of Faber of Will. 
and he's basically the builders are kind of like he made the halo rings okay um and uh he builders a part politician part engineer mm-hmm. and they okay. were in charge of a lot of the forerunner sort of society but he's a massive idiot who um <laughs> problems for the didact from halo 4 yep uh, he's basically the didact from Halo 4's arch rival in the Forerunner politics. Uh, okay. there's, there's a whole novel series about it. It's really cool. But I'm surprised you got that one. <laughs> um, and my last one is what is the flood? So option A is a parasitic life form from another galaxy. Mm-hmm. B is it was created from the corrupted space dust of the precursors. And option C is... Its origins have been left unknown, even by the all-powerful forerunners. Oh. So either it's an enigma, we don't know anything about it, it's created mm-hmm. from space dust from the precursors, or it's a parasitic life form from another galaxy. Bradley, are you scratching your head? Yeah, I've got two that I think it'll be. What are you going with, Jack? I'm thinking. Um... <laughs> I am thinking. Um, you can have the options again if you want. Thinking. Um, <laughs> dum dum. No time. <laughs> hey, yo, baby, check out the gun show. <laughs> anyway, um, no, um, I'm gonna go with. <sighs> long oh, pause. Yeah, long pause. I'm gonna go with. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bradley, say something. No, no, I'm letting you pick first. Okay, then right. I'm, I'm going to make it interesting. Right, so C, C alien, was not known. A is alien uh, life form from another galaxy. Yeah, yeah. B is created from the corrupted magic space dust of the precursors. And C is its origins have been left unknown even by the all-powerful forerunners. I'll go with B. Okay. Space dust. Bradley? I'm going to go with origins left unknown. Okay, so they are actually created from the corrupted yes! space dust. Oh, so, As a quick aside, basically the precursors were created all the life in the galaxy, yeah. including mm-hmm. the forerunners. Mm-hmm. The forerunners betray the precursors yeah. and take over the mantle of responsibility, which right. means they're in charge of the galaxy. Okay. Uh, they kill all the precursors, but the precursors are this godlike entity and they regenerate. The yep. forerunners keep them, the last precursors, in captivity. But obviously these guys are, like, god level. And <laughs> they die, they regenerate from dust. Right. The last curse was to create the forerunner, that create the flood from their own genetic material right. when they regenerated. So basically the forerunners are to blame for the flood because they wiped out the precursors who then from their own genetic material, make the first flood, which then, oh. you know, eventually... I like that. That's really cool. So it's all in the book series. So do we get four out of four each? Uh, four out of five, sorry, each. No, you got <laughs> You're like, we'll just take away the one. We've both got four out of four. What one did you get um, I got the... Uh, Spartan wrong. Spartan yeah. wrong. So you got four, four, four each. Yeah. Bradley oofed I'm happy on though. the flood origin. You yeah. oofed right. on... Space dust. Yeah, what was George? Curious George. 
Um, <laughs> monkey. Um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty cool. I, I'm promising you, yeah, that one of these episodes, I'm getting five out of five. And when I do... You'll be, <laughs> I think I did last one. I, I'm, I'm going to get... Three. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I need a five out of five. When I do, yeah, I'm going to get... But I need a five out of five. I'm going to go, ee, 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 gun fingers. Like, like, dee, dee, dee. Get a little crown. Yeah, a little foghorn guy. <laughs> <laughs> When I do a little fireworks completely cannon. Okay, um, guys, have, uh, have we got any closing thoughts? So we have my favourite section. Yeah, yeah, this is my favourite section. Bradley's going first. Go on, Bradley. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I never have any thoughts. <laughs> He's got two really thoughts. He's always. I just never have any that I want, like you know that are, will be good to share. Like, They'll just be. Oh come on! We believe in you. No, I, I don't believe in myself when it comes to closing thoughts. So it's I my like... least favourite part. <laughs> So I like leaving closing thoughts on something random for people to just ponder over. Right, okay. So I'm going to leave it on this. Yeah. Unless yeah. you've got anything. No, just, no, go on. Yeah, yeah. I've got one after you. Go on. Okay. My closing thought. If poison expires, does it become more poisonous or less poisonous? <laughs> See, this is why I can't take part in closing thoughts because <laughs> this is just, I just can't come up with anything. Wow. It's as, as thought provoking. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave everyone with that. Okay, and my closing thought is don't forget to, you know, before you go to bed, get on your knees, have a little prayer to our Lord and Saviour, Craig. Craig. <laughs> remember, remember he died. I was worried we'd gone religious there. Craig, Craig died for us, guys. Remember that? <laughs> was that for us no. Craig died for us. Anyway, that's all from us, guys, and we'll see you again yeah, next week. I mean, um, that's it from us, guys. I'll see you later. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. See you later.